You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend, Today's episode is a special episode. I have the Locked On NBA Mock Draft 3.0, the final mock draft that we're doing before Tuesday's lottery. Um, after Tuesday, the draft coverage here could be pretty limited if the Timberwolves uh, land that, you know, the 72.2 or 72.4% chance that they don't end up with a pick. Uh, but let's enjoy it while we can and cross our fingers that maybe the Wolves will cash in on the the other side of it. Um, the the 22 or so percent chance, excuse me, 27 percent chance, 27.6 percent chance to be exact, exact, and that they will have a pick. Um, so I'm going to run the mock draft here, or which includes uh, yours truly, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and it's no longer as much of a spoiler because you're about to hear it. Uh, actually, landed the number one pick, which is only a nine percent chance that the Wolves get the number one pick. So I'll be selecting first in the Lockdown NBA mock draft 3.0. And uh, you'll hear all that here coming up in just a moment. I want to hit just briefly that all, all rookie uh, first and second teams here at the top of the show, a brief playoff mention uh, regarding the game from last night, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And then we'll roll right into the mock draft. A quick reminder here as well off the top, you can follow this podcast if you're not already, please do on either Apple, Google, Spotify, or preferably the all new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B Beacon, which is two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, uh, quickly, NBA all-rookie teams. Um, so the NBA announced these on Thursday, and there was really no suspense regarding, certainly, you know, two, three of the guys, uh, including Anthony Edwards. We all knew Anthony Edwards was going to be on the rookie team, the first team, because he was the runner-up in, um, in rookie of the year voting. And so there was no, no real question there. Um, LaMelo Ball obviously was going to be on it and Tyrese Halliburton finished third pretty easily in rookie of the year voting. So obviously he was going to be on the team too. Uh, there was really no surprise there. The suspense was whether or not there was a chance Jaden McDaniels would crack the second team and also who, who else would be on, uh, on these teams, uh, because it's, it's kind of fun to see how the voters view these rookies. Um, so the first team was of course, Ball Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, and then Sadiq Bey, who also is the only other rookie who received any Rookie of the Year votes. He had three second-place votes, I believe. So he was the fourth rookie on the all-rookie team. Jayshon Tate from the Houston Rockets was fifth, and he edged out Emmanuel quickly of the Knicks, uh, who was on the second team, but he beat him out. He had six first-team votes. Excuse me, six more first-team votes. He had 57 votes for first-team, quickly had 51. So the, your your five in the all-rookie first-team are Ball, Edwards, Halberton, Sadiq Bay, and Jayshon Tate. Um, and th- that makes sense to me. I, I maybe would have put quickly over Tate, but it's it's neck and neck, so I can't really quibble with that. The second team is quickly Desmond Bain from Memphis, who I really like, and I, I, I may recall I had him in my top, I think top 20, top 25 on my big board um, last year and wanted the Wolves to take a look at him with one of their late first round picks. Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons, Isaac Okoro, who is of course a lottery pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then Patrick Williams, who had all the pre-draft buzz and rose quickly last year on the draft board. That rounds out the second team. So 
No Jade McDaniels on the all-rookie second team this year. He did show up in the other players receiving votes, however, and he actually did receive one first-team vote. So uh, there were 99 voters. So one of the 99 voted him for first-team. 13 of them voted him on second-team. So ultimately, he finished 15th in Rookie of the Year voting, or excuse me, uh, all-rookie team voting. Uh, the the player that just missed out on second team was Facundo Campazzo from the Denver Nuggets, who, of course, was the international free agent that they signed. And remember, the Timberwolves were very interested in him and apparently were his runner-up, but he thought he could contend in Denver, and he was right. I mean, they were unceremoniously swept in the second round, but he was a starter on a playoff team uh, when it was all said and done. Cole Anthony was next on the list, then James Wiseman, who actually got three first-team votes, as did Campazzo, by the way. Peyton Pritchard was fourth, and... Uh, or fourth that just missed, so 14th. And then Jaden McDaniels came in as 15th overall in all NBA rookie team voting. He was one of only four players that missed the teams that did get a first team vote. Compazzo and Wiseman each had three first team votes. Cole Anthony had one and Jaden McDaniels had one. I, I mean, frankly, I understand it. I get why those guys all all made the teams and I probably would put him just outside the top 10 as well. I would put him ahead of Cole Anthony, uh, because Anthony was was uh, not great defensively and and not ultra efficient offensively, impressive offensively, but not very efficient. Uh, I think I'd probably put him ahead of Pritchard as well. I get that Pritchard played minutes on a playoff team, but um, I, I don't know. I, I think McDaniel's is a better player, so I, I understand putting Composo and Wiseman ahead of him. So I probably would have him 11th or 12th. I mean, you could argue uh, Wiseman ended up getting hurt and not played a ton of games and his team wasn't very good either. So uh, I, I'd maybe put McDaniels ahead of him and 12th overall behind the 10 that made the teams in behind Compazzo. But I understand why he is where he is. Uh, there was a little bit of distance between him and the rest of the list. Tyrese Maxey, Teo Maladon, uh, Xavier Tillman, KJ Martin, Chumo Kiki, Devin Vassell, and Alexei Pokasevsky were the other rookies who all received at least one vote for making the teams. Um, but McDaniels, I mean, he didn't play early in the year. He uh, was great defensively, and he was a, an above-average three-point shooter, but he didn't really do anything else offensively. He was really kind of a, a bit catch-and-shoot type player. Um, but if you watch Timberwolves games all season, you know that Jaden McDaniels is already a, you know, a top-flight defender. You could put him on a really good offensive player and feel really good about his effort. Um, and, and I think that that's worth something, especially among rookies, because rookies are notoriously bad defenders. And uh, I mean across the board, it's, there aren't that many guys that are great on-ball defenders. And Jaden McDaniels is a very good on-ball defender already after just one year in college. And that was the part that nobody understood that he would be good at because he played in his own primarily at, uh, at Washington and he struggled in Pac-12 play. And uh, as it turned out, he didn't have a big role offensively, but he was a good three-point shooter and a good defender and is already a rotation caliber NBA player with a huge ceiling because of all his potential on both ends of the floor. Um, so at any rate, I understand how the voting broke out. I should also mention Anthony Edwards was unanimous first team. He received only he, he and Ball received all 99 votes for a first team. Somebody, for some reason, voted Tyrese Halliburton second team, gave him one vote for second team, and he got 98 votes for a first team. So he got ripped off there. And also I was surprised Sadiq Bay only got 63 of 99 votes for the first team and 36 for second team because I thought he was pretty clear cut. Uh, but at any rate, uh, that's how that all shook out. It all makes sense to me, and uh, congrats to Jade McDaniels for getting some votes, and of course to Anthony Edwards for getting on first team. Um, There's only one playoff game on Thursday night. The Bucks beat the Nets to force a game seven. They ended up winning by 15, but this was a little bit, it was a closer game than that. Uh, they led for much of the game, but the Nets got within five midway through the fourth, and then the uh, the Bucks just kind of pulled away. 
Um, Chris Middleton was really good. And uh, I mean, he had what? He had 38 on 11 of 16, 10 rebounds, five assists, five steals, hit five threes. Giannis was great. 30 and 17 for Giannis, 21 for Drew Holiday, uh, eight rebounds, five assists, four steals. And uh, the Bucks just, I mean, that trio did it. Nobody else scored more than eight points. The Nets, Durant was good again. I mean, 32 points, shot 50% from the field, 11 rebounds, but he turned it over seven times and James Harden still wasn't himself. He was better, 16 points on five of nine, seven assists, four steals, but he still wasn't healthy James Harden and he's going to need to be in game seven um, or Durant needs to do what he did in game five if they're going to close this thing out in seven. But we got what we wanted. Uh, what was my pick? My pick was Bucks in six. It's going to go to seven back to Brooklyn on, uh, I believe on Sunday. Um, and then the action for Friday night is uh, Philadelphia at Atlanta game six and then Utah at LA Clippers game six. So there's two more series that could be closed out or could get pushed to game seven. And again, we are we got one sweep. I would not hate it if all three of these series went to a game seven this weekend. So we'll have plenty of, to talk about playoff wise on Monday. Oh, and also a reminder that Talking playoffs here, the road to the finals is is always brought to us by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. All right, uh, let's go ahead and just get right into the mock draft. First, though, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or car dealership. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything from brake parts, tail lamps, to motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the Lockdown NBA Mock Draft 3.0. Yours truly is first up on the clock. Let's jump into it. Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves here. The Minnesota Timberwolves have defied the odds and cashed in on just a 27.6% chance at keeping their selection, which means it lands in the top three in this year's draft. There's, of course, a 72.4% chance that the pick conveys to the Golden State Warriors, meaning it lands outside the top three as the final piece of the D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins trade from February of last year. In this case, though, it's not only top three, but it's the 9% chance that came through of the pick being number one overall. There's no suspense here. The Timberwolves would select Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. He is bar none uh, the best prospect in this draft. He's in a tier by himself. Put him in the same category as Carl Anthony Towns a few years ago, or more recently Zion Williamson. Um, there's no other prospect that can touch Cade Cunningham in this year's draft. And yes, there's only one ball to go around. Yes, he's ball dominant. So is Anthony Edwards. So is Carl Anthony Towns. So is D'Angelo Russell. Don't overthink this. Uh, the Wolves would figure this out later. Slot him in at the three next to Anthony Edwards. You still start Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniels, and Malik Beasley becomes a trade chip. He's only making about $15 million. He was fantastic last year before he was suspended and had the injury. They likely trade Malik Beasley, and now all of a sudden you've got a starting five where all five guys are under 26. You've got two recent all-stars in D'Lo and Cat. You've got two recent number one overall picks and quite possibly uh, rookie of the years in Anthony Edwards and Cade Cunningham. 
don't overthink this. Add another fantastic player with an extremely high ceiling, and you've got one of the best starting fives, best young starting fives, I should say, in the league. The only other player that I would consider here would be Evan Mobley. I think if the Wolves land at two, there's a real conversation to be had for adding Mobley out of USC to the roster. But at number one, it's got to be Cade Cunningham. Excited to see what happens next uh, if, if that were to happen with Cunningham next to Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniels, and D'Angelo Russell. Ben Beacon with Lockdown Wolves. Let's head over to pick number two. I am Rylan Stiles, host of the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. And we have another mock draft for you. The Thunder are on the clock at pick number two. And this lottery outcome for Oklahoma City is pretty nice, getting selections two and five. But right now, we're talking about pick two. And this pick might surprise you. Right now, you're probably thinking, why am I still yammering? We're going to pick Evan Mobley. You'd be wrong. Unlike most on my big board, number two is Jalen Green, and that's where we're going with this selection. Jalen Green from G League Ignite. This is a guy that fits perfectly next to SGA, the perfect running mate to balance out SGA. SGA plays kind of slow and methodical, but in an efficient way. Jalen Green plays 100 miles per hour at an an efficient clip as well. And Jalen Green will lead this league in scoring multiple times throughout his NBA career, and that scoring output is needed in Oklahoma City. So whenever you can add a guy like Jalen Green, who has all the tools and the mental makeup, to a guy like SGA, Poku, Lou Dort, Taylor Maldon, and Mark Dignott, this is the perfect plan, especially when you get to follow it up at pick number five later on in this draft. So right now, things are perfect. Tune into Locked On Thunder for a full breakdown and a full player profile of Jalen Green already up right now at Locked On Thunder. I'm Walker Mail of the Lockdown Hornets podcast, and with the third overall pick in the Lockdown NBA mock draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Evan Mobley, big man out of USC. It's realistically the best case scenario for the Charlotte Hornets come NBA lottery or NBA draft night. They have an 8.5% shot of getting a top four pick in reality and only just over a 1% shot of getting the number one overall pick. And even if they get in the top four, then the Hornets would have to have Evan Mobley maybe even fall to them to three or four as he is widely considered the second best prospect in this draft class. He'd go number one overall in any draft that did not have Kate Cunningham in it. Evan Mobley is extremely mobile, such a fluid athlete for being seven feet, seven four wingspan. It would provide the rim protector that James Borrego has desperately wanted, but also Evan Mobley has the shot mechanics to be a successful threat from outside. He can put the ball on the deck offensively too, but even defensively, not only is he a rim protector, but he can slide his feet and he's athletic enough to move with even the best guards on the perimeter and stay in front of them. Excellent decision maker defensively, good anticipatory defense, can slide and even recover when he doesn't anticipate a play well enough he would fix so many problems for the charlotte hornets team and we'd be thrilled to have him here in the queen city tell us what you think i'm on twitter at walker mail nada my co-host is on twitter at nada the scribe and our show handle is on twitter at lockdown hornets can't wait to catch you next time on a lockdown hornets episode what's the deal everybody kuka hill here with the lockdown pistons podcast and with the fourth pick of the lockdown network's nba mock draft the Detroit Pistons select Jalen Suggs, the 20-year-old 6'4 guard from Gonzaga. With the actual NBA lottery just five days away, if the Pistons ended up at the fourth slot, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Obviously, they probably would like to stay in the top three, but if they ended up with number four, I think they would be decently happy with Jalen Suggs there. I think the argument would be either Kaminga or Suggs there, and I know that Troy Reaver said he likes Book Knight as well, so maybe they would trade back for Book Knight, or maybe even take him right here. Who knows with Troy Reaver? But I think fourth overall, obviously, is not the worst-case scenario. Not the best either, but I think they would be decently happy with Suggs. If you consider the Pistons' last three first-round picks all part of the legit core of Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart, and then also you add in Jeremy Grant, shooting guard is a position that 
If you believe in that, that is the position of need that they should be. If you want to believe in drafting for need, it would be the shooting guard position, which is why I believe a lot of Pistons fans want Jalen Green. But also Suggs would slide in right there next to Killian Hayes as well. So I don't think it would be a bad fit either. So fourth overall pick, Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. Not the worst thing to happen to the Pistons. It could be a lot worse, and I think we would be okay with that. The Oklahoma City Thunder are back on the clock at pick number five. That's right. They take away Houston's pick. They kick Jackson Gatlin out of this mock draft. We're back on the clock. I'm Ryland Styles here again with the Locked on Thunder podcast. And at pick number two, we surprised the NBA draft world and took Jalen Green ahead of Evan Mobley and ahead of Jalen Suggs. At pick number five, you guessed it. We're going to take his running mate, his teammate at the G League Ignite. We're going to take Jonathan Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga is one of the most raw prospects in this draft, but he has elite defensive potential. I think that his shot is not scary at all. It's not a red flag at all. I think the, the mechanics are there. And the process is there. He's comfortable shooting. He's confident shooting. He just has to get the results to fall. And eventually, with a larger sample size, they will. And so if you can add even an average to above average shooter in Jonathan Kaminga and add that to his game with his elite defense, his elite ability to get to the rim, given his frame, given his size, you've got a heck of a ball player right there. Now, it's going to take some time, but the Thunder are no strangers to projects and no strangers to drafting raw talent and drafting unorthodoxly. I mean, there was a lot of questions around drafting Russell Westbrook back in the day. How did that work out? So hopefully Jalen Green will have that same fate and Jonathan Kaminga will as well. So picks two and five are in the books and the Thunder get the G League Knight teammates to walk away and add to this young core with SGA, Tail Malathon, Lou Dort, and a treasure trove of draft picks in the future still to come. So the Thunder are locked and loaded and they're going to be back to being a competitive team sooner rather than later. Tune into Locked on Thunder for a full breakdown. Jonathan Kaminga, a full NBA draft profile is already up right now on Locked on Thunder. This is Philip Rossmanreich, the host of Locked on Magic here with my pick in the third go-round here in the Locked on NBA mock draft. Look, the Orlando Magic landing with the sixth pick would be considered a complete disaster for this team. The Orlando Magic trading Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier at the trade deadline in hopes of landing in the top five and gaining one of the prized prospects in this draft. This is largely considered a five-man draft with five players with clear star potential. The Magic want one of those guys. Obviously, though, it's a lottery. You can't control where you land, and that's the risk that you take. All you can control is the player that you take uh, with the spot that you're handed. And the Magic have a great opportunity still to get a talented player and take the best player available on the board. For me, that is Florida State's Scotty Barnes. Florida State has a great reputation of putting great players in the NBA, players who understand their roles, who defend well, and who can who kind of gain their reputation through the league, whether it's Terrence Mann, whether it's... Patrick Williams last year, the fourth overall pick, whether it's Jonathan Isaac on the Orlando Magic, these are guys that play the right way and play fundamentally sound. The reason why I go with Scotty Barnes, though, is he provides a unique skill. He may not be a superstar caliber player, but this is a guy who's a six foot eight point guard, which is something that is very, very rare and hard to find. Uh, he can play on the ball, he can make plays, and he can hit a little bit from the outside, although I still think he needs to improve there. With this pick, I think you take the best guy on the board, regardless of positional need, and to me, that is Scotty Barnes. Hey, let's talk about Built Bar before we get to the next pick. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Of all time, it's the best tasting protein bar you will ever taste. Tastes exactly like a candy bar. There's nine delicious flavors you can grab right now. Those are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I've been eating Built Bars now for well over a year, and uh, it's almost a, a, I don't know, bi-weekly routine where I order them a couple times a month. Uh, right now, my favorite flavor is coconut. I had one yesterday and it was amazing. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar. 
just four grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey everyone, Evan Damerall here, co-host of Locked On Cavs with the seventh overall pick in the 2021 Locked On NBA Mock Draft. With the seventh pick, and after a bit of a communication breakdown between my co-host Chris Manning and myself, we decided to go once again with Duke's Jalen Johnson. The playmaking intrigue of Johnson is just too much for the Cavs to really pass up because it's one of the biggest needs, other than wing depth, that Johnson covers for the Cavs heading into this offseason. This is an interesting time for the Cavs, and why not swing for the fences and take the player outside of the top five with the highest upside? Hear about this and more on Locked On Cavs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Sean Woodley here from Locked On Raptors to make the eighth overall pick in this week's Locked On NBA Mock Lottery Draft. And with this pick, the hypothetical Raptors are selecting Texas big man Kai Jones, who is very much a project. He has a lot of interesting tools. He's a guy who has shown some semblance of playmaking on as a big man on the offensive end of the floor. Very bouncy, great role threat, but there's a lot to work on there. He only picked up the game about five years ago at age 15. There's still a lot to be mined there in terms of potential. And this is what the Raptors should be doing with this pick. If they are going to be seventh or eighth in the lottery after lottery night and the results are, are in, they got to be going upside here. They don't fancy themselves a team that's going to be back in the lottery anytime soon. They figure they're going to get back to normal next year, have a real season playing in front of their home fans and all of that stuff. And so this is their opportunity to grab some high-level talent. And it might not work out. Maybe Kai Jones doesn't figure things out. Maybe he remains raw for the rest of time. But he's worth the gamble that he becomes a high-leverage playmaking big. I mean, that is kind of the dream at this point. The Raptors already have Pascal Siakam. We've seen how effective a playmaking big man can be. You add Kai Jones to a front court with Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi going forward, and that's pretty exciting. So the Raptors take Kai Jones here, eighth overall in the lock on NBA mock lottery draft. This is Philip Rossenreich, the host of Locked on Magic, back again with another pick. If the Magic aren't going to be in the top five, at least they get two top ten picks. We'll pick ninth here. With the Magic picking sixth and ninth, I'm sure they will do everything they can to move into the top five. Like I, like I said earlier, uh, when I analyzed the sixth pick, the Magic need to get one of these top five picks and get one of these star players. But I still think Orlando can get good players. And I think if they come away with this draft, you know, it won't be an A-plus draft. Or it won't be the draft that they imagined, but it'll still be a good draft. With the ninth pick, I go with someone that's a little more skill-based. And especially if the Magic don't get that big player, this is a guy that can give you a little bit of a swing with a little bit of a cushion too. I take Moses Moody from Arkansas. I'm a big fan of Moses Moody. I think that um, I agree with everyone who says that he can be a 3 and D type player, a guy who can hit from the outside, can score a little bit off the dribble and defend. He's got a plus wingspan. And I think at Arkansas, he was simply, you know, he simply cast as a guy that was on the ball a lot. I think that his percentages will go up the more he is off the ball. But the fact that he can play on the ball is really attractive to me, especially with the way this draft shook out. With the Magic not able to get one of those key players at the top of the draft, they get a guy who can create a little bit for himself and create a little bit off the dribble, which is something the Magic desperately, desperately, desperately need. So with the ninth pick, the Orlando Magic take Moses Moody. This is Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast, here to make my selection for the third Locked On NBA mock draft. And once again, the Kings are selecting at number 10, moving down a spot. Can the Kings just stay at nine? 
Let's not even worry about moving into the top four. How about just just stay at nine for one of these mock drafts, please? Make it happen on the next one. Uh, for this pick, we wanted to get Moses Moody again like we did in the last draft, but the uh, our nemesis is now the Orlando Magic, who are picking in ninth, took him away from us. But we decided to take Franz Wagner out of Michigan. And this pick has some question marks to it. There's upside. There's also a potentially low floor. There's concerns uh, with his shot, concerns on the offensive end. But one of his primary strengths is defense and his defensive versatility, as well as his offensive versatility, mainly a three, can play two in very or tall lineups, but the Kings like to play small, so he has the opportunity to, to guard down uh, at the four spot as well. Franz Wagner uh, does have the potential to grow into a solid shooter. I've seen some comparisons online to him being a Nemanja Bialica-type player, who, of course, a former Sacramento King, and when he had his fit here in Sacramento, Bielitsa. Uh, he was an important piece for this Kings team, seemed to fit in very well. So if Wagner could turn into a better defensive version of Bielitsa, maybe not as good of a shooter, but a better all-around game, that's certainly a win for Sacramento. So with the 10th pick, the Kings are taking Franz Wagner out of Michigan. Hey everyone, Jake Madison here, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and Locked On NBAs on Wednesday, here to make the selection for the New Orleans Pelicans in our mock draft. And with the 11th selection, the Pelicans take Corey. Kispert out of Gonzaga, wing player. Pelicans want to, I should say need to, put more shooting on the court next to Zion Williamson next season. And Kispert is the best shooter in the draft at 44% from three last season. He can shoot from spot-up situations or on the move, and he's athletic enough to attack the basket when teams close out on him. He's going to step right into the Pelicans and have a strong understanding of what his role will look like. At Gonzaga, he was never really the first option, and he still managed to score and play his role offensively pretty efficiently. I'm not thrilled, though, about drafting a 22-year-old in the lottery, and his ceiling may not be the highest because he doesn't really create for others, but he's just such a natural fit next to Zion and Brandon Ingram offensively. He's a tough, smart defender, and he's going to help the Pelicans win right away, and right now, that's maybe the most important thing. So, with 11, the Pelicans select Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga. This is Jeff Garcia with Locked On Spurs here to give you the reason why Locked On Spurs pick Alprin Segun in the Locked On NBA mock draft. Uh, yeah, it kind of goes with a, it was a no-brainer for me. In the Spurs desperately need help in the big man department. And that's not a knock on Yaka Pertle. He's doing you know bang-up job, you know, one of the better defensive uh, centers, but his limitations on the offensive end really hurt San Antonio as well as his mobility, lack of athleticism. That's where Sagoon came in. I, I think he, it, just, it just makes sense for the Spurs to shore up their uh, big man depth. Uh, you know, After Pirtle, it's really Drew Eubanks and an untested, unproven uh, Lucas Omanich. So, yeah, the Spurs definitely need help there. Look, he's he's 6'9". He had a breakout season with the Turkish League last year. He's international, and all the Spurs do love their international prospects. And he's wowing a lot of scouts right now as the NBA draft is inches closer. He's a he, he's quick, he's swift, he's fast, he can finish at the rim, he plays defense, he tears down. The, he, he, the rim must have done something wrong to him because uh, he every time, at least in international play, he wants to rip the rim off the backboard. I think he's exactly what the Spurs need right now. I think just really just his shot is really just the biggest question mark. But I think that will develop in the NBA stage. That is why the Lockdown Spurs selected Alperin Sagoon out of Turkey. With the 13th pick in the draft, the Pacers, on behalf of Lockdown Pacers, select Tennessee guard wing Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson, not quite the shooter 
that NBA teams want on the wing, but he is good at a lot of other stuff. He's really fast. He gets some crazy acceleration and burst. He can handle the ball pretty well, gets to the rim extremely well, as evidenced by his free throw rate. He's a great statistical profile for a prospect, especially one on the wing. Over 40% free throw rate in his loan season at Tennessee. Good steal percentage, good block percentage. So he projects well as a team defender, is a good on-ball defender, nice nose for the ball kind of guy. And again, really quick, has that burst. The shooting isn't quite there, but um, really decent finisher as well. So he's got a lot of good skills that are going to translate well to the NBA. And at his size, he can probably end up playing at the two or the three or even the one if his ball handling really translates in the NBA. So good positional versatility, some nice skills. Pacers very happy to get Keon Johnson with a 13th pick in the third Locked on NBA, Locked on Mock Draft. Wes Goldberg here with Locked On Warriors making the selection at number 14. And in previous mock drafts, I've taken Davion Mitchell and Franz Wagner. And I've heard the complaints of the vocal Twitter minority. You don't want those players. And despite Davion Mitchell still being on the board and the best prospect available right now here at number 14, I will change my pick just for the sake of change. And I will take Josh Giddy, the international high-rising prospect du jour, the prospect of the week right now, a 6'8 forward, point forward, who is maybe the best passer in this draft. Next level feel for the game. Things that you like for sure. Can he shoot? Not really. Can he defend? No. But who needs shooting and defense in today's NBA, according to Twitter? All you need is great passing and some height and just some general pizzazz around your game. And look, maybe there's a part of the Warriors contingent that regrets not taking LaMelo Ball at number two in last year's draft. And Josh Giddy, for all of the things about him, uh, has a little bit of LaMelo Ball to his game. Again, not proven the way that LaMelo Ball was overseas, but he's young, he's raw, he's a great passer, can make plays out of the pick and roll, great vision, great height to go along with that vision. And if the Warriors want to add a level of playmaking, they could do that with Josh Giddy. He's raw, yes. But if you're looking for some high upside there, that's that could be a place the Warriors go here at number 14 if Josh Giddy is available. There you have it. That's Lockdown NBA Mock Draft 3.0, the final mock draft here on Lockdown NBA before Tuesday's NBA Draft Lottery. Of course, if the Timberwolves do get the number one pick, uh, we're still going to have this conversation. I, I do want to have the Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley conversation, and I'm crossing my fingers that we need to. Um, Jalen Suggs is also, you know, if the Wolves landed three, and so, yeah, I think Suggs is probably the guy. I guess now I'm tipping my hand on my big board. But, um, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at. If they land one, it's going to be Cade Cunningham. If they're two, you could argue Mobley or Suggs. And if they're three, you take whichever of those two is still on the board. And if it's outside three, they don't get the pick. So I guess it's going to make that conversation a lot easier because I think in my mind, those are the top three picks fairly easily, uh, at least that fit with what the Wolves could need or use. Um, so we'll have that conversation here moving forward. The draft lottery is Tuesday. And uh, of course, we'll be back on Monday with the show. We'll talk all about game sixes and sevens, hopefully multiple game sevens from the weekend. We'll get you set for the draft lottery and the entire week. So otherwise, that's all I have for you today here on the show. Thanks once again for listening to Lockdown Wolves. A reminder that you can follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at Beacon. And uh, also, Lockdown Wolves, of course, is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You heard many of our fantastic hosts here today. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Today's episode was brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Have a great weekend.